1: Welcome to the Money Answer Show with host Jordan Goodman. Whether you are starting out, deep into your retirement, or somewhere in between, the Money Answer Show has the know-how to help you. Now here's your host, Jordan Goodman.
2: Welcome to the Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Mariana Olashevsky, uh, who has got a new book out called Live It, Love It, and Earn It, A Woman's Guide to Financial Freedom. Welcome to the show, Mariana.
0: Thanks for having me.
2: Let's just start with a little bit of your background and how you got to uh, where you are today in in becoming, as you call it, a money expert and life coach.
0: Well, I start from very um, humble beginnings, and we were very strapped for cash when I was younger. Um, All seven of us lived in a tiny little apartment above a butcher shop, so we didn't really have a lot of money um, in a small Little city in New Jersey, and I just decided when I was working so hard, and I saw my father working hard, and my mother struggling with money. I kind of decided really early on that I didn't want to struggle like that. And um, after college, working my way through school, I uh, found myself in the same boat. I was—I had a lot of credit card debt, I had student loan debt, and I just—you know—I was just hating my life and not having enough money to do anything that I wanted and I was crossing the George Washington Bridge one day with my old clunker junker car. It, uh, it broke down, and I got out of the car, I slammed the door, and I just said, I'm broke, I'm broken down, just like my car, and I really want to create a different life, and what I did was I decided to follow my dream, that womanly intuition that we all have that, like, nugs at us and pulls at us, and my dream was always to go to Wall Street and start a business, and I never did it before, but I decided now that since I hated the life that I was living and I wanted to change my circumstances, that I would go to Wall Street, work really hard, and create a business that would allow allow me to have financial freedom for the rest of my life. And that's, that's in a nutshell, what I basically did.
2: Okay, great. So just be, before we get into some of the details of what you talk about in your book, describe to me what where you see uh, women today, in many cases in America, uh, financially. I mean, are they uh, in, in pretty good shape, not in pretty good shape? Are they financially getting <laughs> more educated or not? What, what is the state of the... Uh, you know, people today, you think? People
0: today? Well, that's a great question because when I was doing this book, um, myself and my co-writer, we did tons of research with women all across America and it seems like a lot of women and men, not just women, we have a lot of debt and as you know, because debt's really a big topic right now, a lot of credit card debt, a lot of personal debt, mortgages, you know, we're in tons of debt and it doesn't feel good. You know, women come to me and they can't sleep, they're anxious, they're stressed out and it's all basically because of this debt hanging over them. It's like this... You know, thing on our shoulders that we know it's always there. And anytime we want to buy a new pair of shoes or a new dress, we know we have this debt and we don't feel good about it. So the first thing I try to do is really help women understand, accept, and forgive themselves for getting into debt, and then go ahead and clear up that debt and start over with a lot of tools that I I give in my book, Live It, Love It, Earn It. But what we first need to do, like, you know, to answer your question, is that a lot of people have a lot of debt, and they want to get out of that debt. They don't want to spend and overspend and go crazy anymore, but they also want to have a good life. Like, they don't want to, you know, have a budget, and a budget that's a really... you know, depriving budget. We call the budget in my book, we call fund spending plan. Um, We don't call it a budget because we're trying to twist everything for women and say, you know, you can have the Jimmy Choo shoes or the purse and also save for retirement and pay your rent. You can do both, and I'm going to show you how in my book, Live It, Love It, Earn It, how to do both of those. So that's what we're trying to do.
2: Let's start with the debt, since you said that's the biggest problem today. First Mm -hmm. of all, how do people get into such debt? Is that they just – We're spending money they didn't have or, you know, how did the debt explode so much in this country?
0: You know, exactly, Jordan. People were spending money they really didn't have and living for now. Like, let's live in the present. And sometimes, you know, I, I talk to women and they say, what's the, you know, why should we, you know, why should I even live if I can't spend and have fun and buy the dress? And, you know, what's the use of having money if I can't spend it? But the problem is, is that if you are if you have the money, you can spend it. But if you don't have the money and you spend it, then you don't feel good. And it's like a financial, you know, uh, nuisance around your your neck, you feel like, oh, I'm just strangled with all this debt. So yes, if you have the money, I'm saying go ahead and spend it. You can do whatever you want with your money. You have the power to do whatever you want, but if you don't have the money, you know, don't spend it. And to answer your question, how do people get in it? It's very easy. You know, you want something, your friend has something, you know, you're, you're, someone, else, uh, someone else's husband bought her a necklace, you want the necklace, so you go out and buy it, or you want another pair of shoes because you're about to go out on a date with a new guy and you think the shoes are going to help you win the guy over. There's all these different reasons why we women spend. And a lot of it is emotional. A lot of it is when we're bored we spend, when we're happy we spend, we splurge when we're depressed or when we break up with a boyfriend we spend. There's a lot of emotional reasons I found in my research that women spend. Not just to, you know, when a guy goes into, when a guy has to buy something he goes into stories like I've got to get this this, and this, and he comes out with this, this, and this. You know, a woman, we, women, we go in, it's more of an emotional thing. Should we get this? Should we get that? We come out with 10 things. We don't feel good. We feel anxious. We feel shameful. This is the process, and I try to take, it, take, the pro, take women through this process so they understand what's going on, and when they feel shameful and guilty, you know, to stop it before it happens.
2: How, how has this changed recently? I mean, credit has tightened up a lot we've got this new uh, credit card law that's just gone into
0: effect. The, you know, I love the new credit card law. That, that's really great, Jordan. The new credit card law, law, basically one of the things in the credit card law is that if we look at our credit card statements right now, we can see how long it would take us if we made minimum payments, how many years it would take us to pay off that bill. So it's kind of like reality sitting, hitting us right in the face. So if I have a huge credit card balance that I'm paying only $20 a month or $30 a month, the minimum, it might take me seven years to pay off my balance and I'm like, woo, seven years. But the credit card companies are making it real. They're putting it on there. They have to put it on there. That's the law. And the second thing is if we want to pay it back in three years, um, the credit card company on the bills, on the statements will take us through how long it will take, how many payments for three years, 36 payments, how much we will have to pay each month to get to that zero point point after three years if we don't spend anymore. So the credit card companies are making it very real by giving us that information. And there's a lot of other, you know, things that are happening with the new credit card law. For instance, if I pay $50 towards my credit card, it has to go, it must go um, based on the new law towards my higher interest balance rather than my lowest interest balance. So it's helping consumers, you know, consumers that just write a check and and try to pay off some of their credit card. But how are we changing? Um, to answer your question, we're just getting more real. People are like, okay, let me be honest. I don't feel good. I want to change my ways, and and women are looking, you know, toward to me, to other money coaches, to any other money experts, to television shows, to radio shows like yours, to help them solve some of their money problems. People want to get out of it. They want to feel better. They want to be debt free. They don't like how they feel.
2: With interest rates as high as they are, and the part of the credit card law is that. Banks have raised their interest rates dramatically, you know, 29% and these rates that used to be impossible are now common. Um, What are some steps that people should take to get out of debt if they're in that circumstance paying these rates?
0: Well, well, the good thing to do. The first thing I tell um, women to do is just call your credit cards and see if you, credit card companies, your creditors, and see if you can negotiate on your rate or even take off some of your interest and penalties. And a lot of credit card companies, if you just talk to them and you know, tell them that it's really important that you do want to pay your credit cards. You, it's something you know that you owe them the money and you want to pay them and say it nicely. But you know, you can't pay all these interest and penalties. You can't pay a 27 percent rate? Is there something they can do? They will negotiate with you. They, more than you, know, you, do that, you just make a phone call and they'll start talking numbers and talk you down because they want you to keep making payments on the credit card. They want to get some money out of you because so many people right now are defaulting on their credit card payments that just calling them and telling them that you're having a tough monetary situation, is there anything they can do to help? They, they will help you, I promise.
2: And how about the credit counseling? Do you think that's a
0: good idea? I think credit counseling is good if you don't think you can do it yourself. If you have one or two credit cards and the interest payment, the interest rates are low, low, you can actually call and negotiate yourself. Um, if you want to do credit counseling, I would suggest staying with the NFCC, which is the National um, Foundation of Credit Counseling org, and they are a non for profit organization, and they will help you. I I, I shift. My clients towards non-for-profit organizations that can help them over these payment plans that you see online or payment companies that, you know, sometimes charge you an upfront fee and then sometimes they don't do anything on the back end. Um, I'm trying. What I try to say is, you know, don't pay someone to help you negotiate your credit card debt. Either go to a credit counseling non-for-profit agent or even hire a money coach or a financial planner by the hour, and they'll help you. But don't just, you know pay someone to do it, because I've just heard too many bad stories with them.
2: Well, specifically, you're referring to debt settlement companies, right? A lot of for yes. profit debt settlement companies. Exactly.
0: And you said debt settlement companies, correct?
2: What, what are they doing to people these days, the debt settlement companies?
0: Well, I have a couple of close friends, not even uh, uh, money coaching clients, but uh, money coaching clients awful, but even close friends that say, you know, they g- gave uh, credit uh, debt debt repayment programs they gave them a one-time lump sum fee and they can't get them on the phone they're really not negotiating they say they will but they don't they negotiate not so great terms they don't do anything at all i'm just hearing bad stories and myself and a couple of you know really good money coaches because we all talk among us we really have just heard too many stories of you know they're in it for profit so they're in it to take your money um you know you if you're trying to pay off your debts, that money should be used towards your debts, not towards debt repayment companies. So you can actually do it by yourself with a financial counselor per hour, or you can do it with a counseling agency. I just think those are the better, the safer ways to go.
2: Very good. Okay, we're going to take a break. Uh, this is Jordan Goodman of the Money Answer Show. My guest this hour is Mariana Alashevsky, whose new book is called Live It, Love It, Earn It, A Woman's Guide to Financial Freedom. And we'll be back after this
3: up-to-date business and financial news call now and get the financial information you need 866-472-5790 866-472-5790 The experts are here. Voice America Business Network.
1: both their products and services are invited to become members of the money answers network the public can sign up for membership in the money answers network at no charge in order to be apprised of the latest useful resources to learn more visit www.moneyanswers.com get ahead with money answers
3: are you ready to go green you've asked and we've heard you voice america presents the green talk network
2: My guest this hour is Mariana Olaszewski, uh, whose new book is called Live It, Love It, Earn It, A Woman's Guide to Financial Freedom. Welcome back to the show, Mariana.
0: Thanks for having me again.
2: Let's just tell people about a website and uh, what they can find there and the kind of community you've created around this book.
0: Oh, great. Um, The website is liveitloveitearnit.com, and we have um, a, a couple of support. Uh, you can email me at marianna at it, com, and we also have some abundance groups, which I talk about in my book, which is a bunch of women getting together and really talking about their money stuff and the emotional stuff around money. We also have some book launch parties in different cities. I'm in Miami right now. We have New York, L.A., San Francisco, and we have some teleconferences that are actually coming up in April if you look at it, com.
2: Great. What, tell me a story or two of somebody who's read the book and what kind of a, a, a change it's made in their life.
0: We're getting great reactions, Jordan. Um, well, the first thing, my story, my personal story coming from, you know, really uh, – Draft for cash background, and really didn't have. A, I, we really didn't have a lot growing up um, over a butcher shop in Bound New Jersey, um, except for a lot of love and, and care. And then deciding to really follow my dream, which was to start my own financial business and really doing it. When a lot of people in the man's world told me I couldn't do it, so many women have emailed me and just said that. I've encouraged them to get out of an industry that they're in and go into what they want. And also, you know, a lot of the women email me and say, you know, my parents wanted me to be an accountant and be in the, the family business, and I decided I didn't want to do that. I really wanted to do something in fashion, and your book gave me the extra push to send me over the edge to say, you know what? I'm taking a stand for myself, and I'm living the life I want. I'm following my own dream, and that's what we're really getting from a lot of people about following their own dreams. Another man actually read the book. I know it's a women's book, but it's for women and the men who love those women, and he read the book, and he emailed me, and he said, you know what, I never thought it was a problem just charging on my credit cards. But until you told me to use cash all the time, I now realize how much I'm spending when I go to Home Depot and when I go to the grocery store. And I'm I'm stopping spending as much as I have because I've learned that why swipe from my credit cards when I take out my cash, it it just seems so much more expensive. So we're getting a lot of good um, tidbits and a lot of good emails from people. And it just, it just, i just love that i'm just you know we're just so glad and that was my vision for writing the book jordan was really to help women stop struggling around money because i was there i struggled around money you know i didn't have a lot of a lot of money and we're trying to just change everyone's attitudes around money
2: you're talking your first chapter of what you say uh, say yes to yourself uh what what do you mean by that
0: I love that, saying yes to yourself. A lot of us women, it's so hard for us to say yes to what we want and no to what other people want us to do. For example, if I go to my husband and he's in front of the football game and I say, honey, can we go to blah, 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 and he'll say no. He'll just say no. And he'll say yes to himself and what he wants to do and no to me. But if someone says to me, can you stay after work and do this or do that, I say yes. I never say no. It's so hard for us women to say yes to what we want, to our dreams, to to spending time on what we want to do, and no to what other people want us to do. So in my book, we have some exercises about really saying no and not no, I really can't, no, I really shouldn't, no because of this, this, and the other thing, just a plain no, no thank you, I can't do it. And we women have problems, you know, people ask me to do something, and I'm all automatically saying, yes, we want to please, we want to people please, we want to help, and that's a trait that I find more women than men doing, is pleasing, bending over backwards, we're givers, we have children, we give, we're not takers, and I'm trying to say, okay, stop the giving, especially when it comes around following your own dream, and really do what you you want, not what other people want you to do.
2: Why is there such a difference in men and women on the yes versus no, I guess you might say?
0: You know what? That's a great question. I just think we're more emotional. We like to people-please. I've noticed that, you know, I'm 40 years old and I've noticed it throughout my entire life and coaching women that women have a hard time asking for things because we feel like we don't deserve um, you know, I also find, in terms of doing some career counseling with women, when we want to ask for a promotion, it's so hard for us to say, "Can I have ten thousand dollars more?" Or I, you know, I would like this. And you know, what we do is we say, "I would like ten thousand dollars more," and then we go into a whole litany of reasons and excuses. When a man is, I find, confidently will say, "Can I have ten thousand dollars more?" Or hey time for my raise. You know, it's much more, there's more confidence in there. And women inside of us, we feel like sometimes, and this is based on my research, we don't deserve for some reason to have it. Or for instance, another example is when women get a raise, when they do get a raise, I've never had a woman friend to me, a friend come up to me and say, hey, I just got a raise, isn't that exciting? I've never. But I've had a lot of men that I work with high five me and say, hey, I just got a bonus. Hey, I just did this. For some reason reason we're not out there saying it it's like we feel bad if we're bragging about it but I'm saying girls go ahead I'm giving you permission you deserve it go and brag about it have it be happy with it Um, I'm just giving it's like a whole change of attitude what we're doing here in the book we're saying yes to ourselves
2: one of the things you do throughout the book is to have little profiles of famous people in this particular chapter you talk about uh, Diane von Furstenberg just briefly kind of say what you, you got out of that
0: Yes. Well, in Live It, Love It, Earn It, in my book, we do have about 13 women that we profile, and these are women that I found that really empowered me in my life, that I really looked up to, and I said, wow, they're just unbelievable what they've done with their life. And the first chapter is Diane Von Verstenberg, and she's, she's so great with women. She gives back to women. She's very empowering to women. And basically, she was one of the people I really wanted to profile. And the funny story is that is when I did um, ask her for an interview and she did say, Say yes, I put on my Diane von Fürstenberg wrap dress and str- strutted into her office, and a little nervous. And you know, we sat down, and I said, Diane, everyone here is a A woman, You employ so many women. This is wonderful. And she said, that's right. I employ all these women. And the 1% of men that I employ, they help us with our packages and pick up our mail, you know, which is really great. Because what she was basically saying is that I love women. Women are strong. And she goes on to saying, you know, women, if they believe in themselves and if they have strength and volition with what they really want to do with their life, they can do it all. Because women are strong wrong and she goes into saying that we have to use frustration and rejection as fuel instead of getting you know deterred and being upset and getting depressed with frustration and rejection we have to use it as fuel to push us forward and keep going and knocking on the next door she's just an incredible woman i have to say i really enjoyed interviewing her
2: then you have a whole chapter on having fun uh i mean a lot of people today are kind of in hunkered down mode in survival mode not Fun mode. How can you have fun when you're, you're worried about all these things in the economy and so on?
0: Well, that's a great question, Jordan. I believe that even if you're in hunker-down mode and you're like, oh, I'm getting up yet again, if you just turn every mundane activity into fun, just for 10 minutes, okay, I'm going to have fun with this phone call. Okay, I'm going to have fun with this interview. Just have fun with it. If you just turn that attitude into, oh, this is such a bore, into just like let's just have fun with it, you get through it faster and you do your best work when you're having fun. And more opportunities will come with the universe. More things happen. It's very karmatic. So if we're in a place of having fun, things happen. The opportunities come. We relax. We relax. We enjoy it instead of being stressed out and oh my god, if I don't do this right, something will happen. If we just have fun and you know, Jordan, if you ever remember a time that you know, if you're like, if you didn't want to do something and then you just turned it into okay, I'm going to have fun, things happen. For example, I'm going to give an example that is not monetary. It's an example that happened in my real life. I was 37 years old and I was like, oh, I'm looking for a husband. And a lot of women listening to this can probably relate to this. Oh, I'm looking for a husband. I I really want. Want to get married I 'm trying to find a guy I'm 37 years old, poor me, and I went to this party where I was supposed to meet a guy and get fixed up, and the person wasn't there, and I got so bummed out and I decided, you know what I'm just going to have fun at this party I'm just going to turn it into fun. I'm just going to you know mingle, and I really don't want to be here. I really want to meet the guy I was supposed to meet, And I actually met another guy who turned out to be my husband. So if I would have been all depressed and upset, and that's a true story and upset and gone home and oh I didn't meet the guy. I I was supposed to meet, I wouldn't have met anyone. But I decided I was just going to turn it into fun, even though it wasn't a fabulous event. And I met a guy, and it turned out to be a year later we got married. But that's what that's what I'm saying. Opportunities happen, things happen as long as we switch our attitude into blo- from dread and poor me and humdrum into fun and light and happiness. Things just happen. I promise.
2: That sounds great. Okay, we're going to take a break. Uh, this is uh, The Money Answer Show and Jordan Goodman. My uh, guest this hour is Marianne Arsh- uh whose new book is called Live It, Love It, Earn It, uh, A Woman's Guide to Financial Freedom. Uh, she has a website, liveitloveitearnit.com. And we'll be back after this.
1: both their products and services are invited to become members of the Money Answers Network. The public can sign up for membership in the Money Answers Network at no charge in order to be apprised of the latest useful resources. To learn more, visit www.moneyanswers.com. Get ahead with Money Answers.
3: When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network.
1: You've been listening to the Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. You've been listening to the Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan.
2: Welcome back to the Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Mariana Olszewski, uh, whose new book is called Live It, Love It, and Earn It, uh, A Woman's Guide to Financial Freedom. Welcome back to the show, Mariana.
0: Thanks for having me.
2: You have a chapter called Love Money, and tell us what you mean by that.
0: Well, the chapter is called Love Money, and people are like, love money. Ooh, that sounds ridiculous. How can you love money? Society doesn't really tell us to love money. But I'm saying to women... And men love money. Have a good relationship with money. Get to know your money. Where is it going? Where is it coming? Um, Sit down and have a date with your money. I tell women, and women say to me, "What do you mean, have a date with my money?" And I say to them, just like a boyfriend. If you were going out with a new boyfriend, and you would ask them on the first date, "So, what are you doing? Where do you come from? Where are you going tonight?" So you want to get to know where your new boyfriend's going. Get to know where your money's going? Is it on your credit card statements? Is it in your bank account? Where is your money when it's not with you? So I say on a Monday or a Tuesday block out an hour or an hour and a half, like 7 o'clock on a Monday, and get comfortable. Get out a bottle of Evian or a glass of wine. Bring out your credit card statements and your bills. And just sit there and look at what's going on with your money. And in Live It, Love It, Earn It, we have some really fun spreadsheets. We have the assets and liabilities spreadsheets, which is basically what you owe and what you own. It's very easy. We're making this very simple for you and very fun for women. So sit down and get, to get out and see what you own and what you owe. You own your house, but you owe a mortgage on it. You own your car, but you have a car payment. So seeing how things balance. And when you see a black and white on our fun spreadsheets, you really have fun with it. You get to know it. You see what's going on. You can see if you're in the red or if you're doing really well, where you can tweak different things. You can see what's going on. So that's what basically love your money means is to have a relationship with your money. Instead of running scared from your money and when your credit card bills come in, taking them and put them in the front cabinet or in the freezer and not looking at them at all, I'm saying, you know, let's, when a credit card statement comes in, be excited to see how much you paid down. Be excited to see how it looks on your fund spending plan. So we're trying to change your whole attitude around money from, oh, I just don't want to look at my money to, oh, let's have some fun with it. Let's have a date with it.
2: So you talk a lot about money feelings. You talk about neutralizing money feelings and and not having mixed money messages. What do you mean by that?
0: Yeah, what we do is basically we when when people say money or we use money for things, sometimes we get really excited around getting a lot of money or we get really depressed when we lose money or, you know, we have and we're trying to neutralize money or we say, oh, it's just money. It's only money. And when someone says to me, oh, it's just money, who cares? Oh, I cringe inside. Because I wouldn't say it's just Sally or it's just my mom or it's just, you know, my boyfriend, just, because when we put just or only in front of something, we're really putting it down a couple levels, like, oh, who cares? I can do whatever I want. So we don't want to do that with money. We don't want to say it's just money. We don't want to say it's only money. We want to respect money. We want to have a good relationship with money. Money, after all, as we know from our textbooks, is a facilitator to just have other sorts of wealth. So money creates, if we want to go on a dream vacation, money provides that as a facilitator. If we want to buy a pair of shoes, money does that for us. If we want to buy a house, money does that for us. So we shouldn't give money all this power. So many women give money all this power, like, ooh, money is such a big thing. But we really have, Jordan, the power of our money. We can have whatever we want and we can do whatever we want as long as we plan for it. And we use some of these fun spending exercises that we have in Live It, Love It, Earn It. So what I'm trying to say is let's neutralize these money feelings. And sometimes it comes from when we were younger. And in my book, Live It, Love It, Earn It, we go through some money exercises from our money history, which means when we were younger, what exactly happened? And we answer questions from the book that it's a little scary, but it takes about a half an hour. What happened when we were younger? Did our parents talk to us about money? Did they never talk to us about money? Was money discussed over the dinner table? Did we ever save in a piggy bank? Did mom and dad fight over money? Was there a divorce around money? All these money questions. And for me, when I did my money history years and years ago, I, and I continue to do it because the onion keeps unraveling, you know, layers keep getting peeled off. I realized that my mom always cut coupons all the time. She cut coupons, she deprived herself. She never gave to herself. We didn't have a lot of money. So even now that I have more wealth, I sometimes deprive myself because of that money pattern and that money message I learned when I was younger. So when I go into CVS or Duane Reed and I want to buy a shampoo, I feel guilty buying a very expensive shampoo. I'll take the one that's on sale even though I don't want it because I saw my mom doing that even though I can afford it. So once I saw why I was doing all of that stuff, then and only then was was I able to change. So what I'm trying to say to women is once you're aware of why you're doing this, why you're depriving or why you're overspending, then we can actually, once we get to the root of it, then we can actually change our money behaviors.
2: You also talk about how to increase your credit score. What are some things people should do in that area?
0: Well, increasing your credit score is very, very important. Um, First of all, you have to get your credit reports. A lot of people don't even bother looking at their credit reports. They don't have their credit scores. So once they look at their credit reports, they can see if something looks off, um, and they can contact the creditor immediately. if If something isn't on there that's correct, that's the first thing they should do because that will immediately increase their credit score. The second thing is I always say don't open a lot of credit cards all at once. So don't apply for three or four different credit cards in the same month. It can really um, damage your credit score. And also, if you're trying to cut back, don't close four credit cards all at once. You know, if you do have a lot of balances, try to work off the balances. Try to always pay your monthly statements and if you can't for that month call up your credit card your creditor and say you know just explain the situation say I can't really pay it off this month can you give me an extra month extension and as long as you have clear communication with your credit cards with your credit card companies and with your credit cards things work out the whole point of the book is really having a relationship around money and with your credit cards instead of running scared from all of this we're saying like have a relationship with it. Look at it in that way. Talk to your credit cards. They're people. They're corporations. They're willing to help you out.
2: Yeah. You also have, to have a whole chapter on respecting money. You think most people do not respect money? Is that what it comes to?
0: Well, we're saying, like, love money and also respect money. Respect money is let's try to invest the money that we have correctly because a lot of people say, oh, I have money. I just got a $200 bonus. Let's go right out and spend it. Or respect money also says, let's not debt. Let's try not to debt and work off our debt. Cuz if we're not treating our money right, just like if we're not treating a person right and we're disrespecting it, the person's not going to be around when we want it to be when we want that person to be around. And if we're not respecting our money and treating it properly, our money's not going to be around when we really want the money. So what I'm trying to say is, put a fund spend. We have a fund spending plan where you can actually put the amount of money that's coming in to your into your household income or your family income for the month, and then you can, change, you can slot out and tweak where you want to put that money every single month. If you want to put more towards food, if you want to put it more towards a vacation, more towards your IRA, you can tweak that so you're respecting money in that you're planning for what you're going to be spending for that month. And when you plan for what you're re- what you're going to be spending that month, you're not only respecting money, but you're also respecting yourself. You're saying, I'm not going to go crazy on a shopping spree because I already have $400 allocated towards shoes. And if I want to buy shoes, I can buy it within that $400. So instead of going crazy and not looking at your money or overspending or compulsive shopping, which a lot of women that I coach have right now, you're looking at it and you're being you're being smart, you're planning, and you're, you're tweaking it the way you want. And that's really what Live It, Love It, Earn it. It is all about, is taking the power out of money and into your hands.
2: And as far as investing is concerned, do you find most women are too conservative or too aggressive when they get to investing?
0: I find women are too conservative and then they'll do like one big aggressive investing that usually doesn't always work out. Um, I find that, I find it's not really balanced, but that's just what I find in terms of a lot of women that I'm talking to. So first of all, a lot of women that come to me for money coaching really aren't even at the point to invest because before you invest, I encourage everyone to try to work off some of your debt and also put an emergency fund in place. And an emergency fund, is just a just-in-case fund just in case you get unemployed or you have a health crisis or something happens I recommend six to eight months of monthly spent expenses in a savings account that you're just sitting there you know collecting interest just in case something happens so until you get to the point of investing wisely you first need to try to pay off some of that debt and also more than anything create an emergency fund and then save for retirement Sock some money into your 401k plan. It's very, very important to start saving as you're, when you're younger. And then that, as we know, increases over time. And then we go to investing. And so what I usually, Um, suggest for women that are just starting out in terms of investing is to really do something diversified and also very liquid, which I find mutual funds are a very good outlet for people to put their money in um, that are just starting to invest and following the mutual fund, putting it into maybe a a number of different stock mutual funds and um, or bond mutual funds, and slowly going at it like that um, I do find that a lot of women, to answer your question, do sometimes say to me, oh, I'm going to invest in this new startup business. They said that if I put 50000 in, I can make a million dollars in five years. And those are the types of investments I say, no, no, no. Unless you really know what you're doing in that specific area, I say no to that because that's where a lot of women will have the conservative investments and then go right into let's go crazy and make a million dollars and it's not going to work that way. It's too good to be true.
2: Your next chapter is what you call "claim your power." It seems to be advocating start, starting a small business that a lot of people should be doing that. So that's um <laughs> kind of contradict what you were just saying there.
0: Um, contradict what? What was the contradicting? Starting a small business. I oh, you I'm, saying I'm, "claim I'm, your I'm power" to starting kind of a small business?
2: Follow I'm, your vision. Yeah,
0: it, I, I think it's very important, that's why I interviewed thirteen women that, um, and about ten of them have started their own businesses, or nine of them, and I also have started my own business. If you do want to, well, you're saying with the 401k, if you do work for a company, that's okay, and if you never want to start your own business, I'm saying that's okay. If that's really what you want to do, everyone isn't cut out to start their own business. But if you do want to start your own business or if you are unemployed and you feel like now what am I going to do, I'm saying put down those creative ideas onto paper, take them out of your head, and put them on paper, which I call going from fuzzy to firm, which is the first Step. It might sound simple, but people have the ideas up in their head and they never take them out of their head. Put it on paper and then use my five-step business plan, which you can find in the book Live It, Love It, Earn It, or on the website we have a free download of my five-step business plan on it, it, Com. And using that five-step short business plan, you can create a four- or five-page business plan that will help you create what you're thinking and conceptualize what you're thinking on paper and also help you ask for money. And in Live It, Love It, Earn It, we go through a few subsections on how to ask for money, who to talk to about asking for money. When I started my own business, it was really hard 12 years ago. I couldn't get a business loan. No one knew what the industry I was in was hedge funds, and no one was really interested in you know, talking to me at banks or even women's organizations and women's loans. And I asked two private individuals for money. One individual did give me the money on the terms that I wanted, and that was the start of my business. So money is out there. Um, I think the first step in anything is changing our attitude around money and then taking the action.
2: What is your sense of the biggest misconceptions women have when they do start their own businesses?
0: Um, I think women seem, and a lot of people, not just women, men also seem to think that um, they don't need as much cash as they are going to need for the business. So they put together a business plan in the financials and they don't put enough cash, um, uh, cash bu- buffer in for expenses that they don't think they're going to have. So, for instance, most small businesses, I think this is actually documented somewhere, but um, a lot of small businesses um, in the second or third year usually go through some sort of cash crunch, meaning that they have more expenses and more payroll or, they, you know, the inventory came in wrong or something, and they don't have enough cash to meet that, and that's how a lot of businesses collapse. So, I always say have a twenty to thirty percent buffer um, with with extra cash in there, just in case kind of like an emergency plan for your business, just in case you need the The cash, and that's what happened to me. Um, You know, a year and a half into my business, long-term capital was blowing up, which is a big hedge fund um, back in 19, I guess 99 or 1998, and that's what I was doing. I was raising money for hedge funds, and no one wanted it. No one wanted my products anymore um, after the big hedge. The big hedge fund collapsed. And what I needed was another a couple of extra months of not having any income but paying for my expenses and I didn't have the money. So I had to go back to my investor and ask if he can give me that extra money. And if he would have said no and if I couldn't have received the money from anywhere, my business would have collapsed. The same thing happened on a whole nother realm with my friend who was a jewelry designer who was spending, spending, spending a lot of expenses, and then, you know, with the recession a couple of years ago that hit people were buying jewelry less and less, and she got hit with a lot of expenses and not enough income, and she had to collapse her business. So the biggest, the biggest thing that I see is that if you build in that cash buffer, you should be okay if you go through a cash crunch in, your, in the early stages of your business.
2: Very good. We're going to take a break. Uh, this is Jordan Goodman with The Money Answer Show. My guest this hour is Mariana Aloshevsky. Her new book is called Live It, Love It, Earn It. She has a website at that address as well subtitle is a woman's guide to financial freedom we'll be back after this
3: Were you full of questions such as why, how, and what if? Did you allow yourself to be carefree, to dance and sing? Did you create just for fun? Want to feel that way again? Reclaim your natural curiosity and creativity with Dr. Carol Stalka on Stargazing Stories, sparking your creativity. Revitalize your life, work, and relationships. Be more playful, be bold, imagine, explore, and live more creatively every day. Tune in Wednesdays at 11 a.m. in the East, 8 a.m. in the West on 7th Wave Network.
2: My guest this hour is Mariana Oleshefsky, whose new book is called Live It, Love It, Earn It, A Woman's Guide to Financial Freedom. Welcome back to the show, Mariana. Thank you. One of the things we were talking about is women kind of have this, what I call, white knight syndrome, is thinking they're going to get saved by marrying somebody or a man's going to come and save them. What What is dangerous about having white knight syndrome?
0: Well, first of all, I think all of us have it, even myself at one point. We have this thinking, even if it's in the back of our head and we don't tell anyone, like, wouldn't it be great if someone swooped down and took care of all our financial worries? You know, we have that. But the thing that's dangerous about that is that it is a fairy tale. It is a fantasy. And even if you do marry that guy, there's divorce there's death there's separation there's there's a lot of other things that can happen so that's the reality the reality is is that if you go out there and you follow your dream and you follow your intuition and your intuition tells you to create a business or you know work for this company and become a you know a, a manager at this company or whatever your dream and your gut tells you to do if you follow that First of all, you'll be happier and the money will come. And then if Prince Charming does come, it's just icing on the cake. But if you don't follow what you really want to do and you do try to go for that fantasy, you might not get it or it might be taken away from you and it might not ever happen. So I'm trying to tell everyone just let's live in reality. Let's just live in today. Let's just do it for ourselves. It feels a lot better. It's much more empowering.
2: We have a whole chapter called Take Action. Uh, what are some of the steps on that, and why do people not take action? Why is it so difficult for them to take action
0: well, a lot of us Feel like, and I know this book, The Secret, came out, which is very true, the law of attraction, and it's really true that, you know, if you think it and you become it, and a lot of my book is around that. I have the vision board, I have meditation and visualization techniques, and I believe in all of that, but my book also believes in taking action. You have to go out there and even do the baby steps or put action into place, and then everything starts happening, the ball rolls. So if you start with movement, movement continues, but if you start with inaction, inaction continues and nothing happens. So we want to create some movement, even if it's a baby step, even if it's a small thing. And the first thing I tell women, if they really don't want to take these big steps like, oh, I have to create a business or, oh, I have to ask for a raise, I say, let's just break it down into tiny steps, and we call that the baby steps, where you can actually on liveitloveitearnit.com, you can actually cut out little baby steps. I have downloads of baby steps, and you cut it out, and you actually put down what you want to do. Get my resume together, ask for the promotion, like little tiny baby steps to get you where you want to go. Do a lot of research, network with women's organizations, ask my friend about the, his business. So those baby steps are more doable. We also have a really great tool called bookending, which means that if you're afraid to make that phone call to an employer or if you're afraid to call back and see how you did on the interview, you, you pair up with a buddy, with a money buddy. And you call the money buddy right before you're going to make that really hard phone call or go on that interview, and you say to him or her, I'm really stressed out about this, this is what I'm going to do, and the other person just gives you listens and gives you encouragement, and then you make the phone call when you're done with that interview or or the really tough phone call. That way it's almost like you're doing it together. You're getting support. And when you have support, it's a lot easier to take those steps and take those actions.
2: You have at the end of the book a list of resources, what are some of the kinds of resources you offer people?
0: Well, I have a, a, a couple of books that have helped me, and um, some, re- you know, pay, da- pay it down by Gene Chatsky I think is great if you if you're in debt. And I also and Barbara Stanley has a great book. Prince Charming isn't coming. But I also have some resources in that if you do need financial advice, we have some um, financial people that I use. I'm not promoting them. It's people that I use for wills, for trusts, for insurance, for you know, just some, you know, women and men that have been helpful for me to guide you through, you know, getting through some difficult stages in your life. For instance, I really didn't have a will or a trust um, for many, many years until I got married. And then when I got married, I found a really great guy, Barry Zid. Dichong, his, his name is very hard to, to uh, but you can get it in the resource section of my book at RBC, and he really helped me, guided me through very gently through wills and trust, and that's what we created for my for my child and a will for myself. So um, we do have these research, resources in the back of the book, and one thing we do mention, which I do want to touch on is, Giving back and being in gratitude, and that's just a really important part of having money, making money, and wanting money. Is also putting the cycle in action and giving back, whether it's with your time, with your money, with your thoughts. It's very important to give back. It just—it's the karmatic flow of money and of life.
2: What is the uh, the bottom line impact, the the, the benefit of giving back, other than just feeling good about it? What, what is the, uh, the you know the payoff for, for living with gratitude?
0: The payoff for giving back is actually it comes back to you tenfold. I know it sounds kind of silly, but it's true. Every time I've given, whether it's even people tell me, oh, I can't give. I'm in tons of debt. How can I give my money away? I don't have enough for myself. But if you can't give your money away, give it in terms of actions. Give it towards helping someone with a television show or a radio program or a PR or advertising or, you know, helping someone. Cross the street, whatever it is, either small or large, if you do three really Good actions by helping someone, whether it 's monetary or thoughts, feelings, actions, whatever it is, it comes back to you the whole book my whole book is a very a holistic a holistic approach around money, so it 's very karmatic. the thinking and the getting the thoughts out there and also putting the money out there all comes back to you. so my book is a little bit different than your basic this is what you need to do, and this is what you 'll get it 's also um, Um, you know, very holistic in nature.
2: As we close the show here, why don't you just kind of give a brief summary of what people can get out of uh, your new book, Live It, Love It, Earn It, and uh, some of the things available at your website as well.
0: Well, Live It, Love It, Earn It is a book. It's a fun, inspirational guide to help women in wherever they are in their life. We have stories from a lot of different types of women, ordinary women and women that are very iconic like Diana Versenberg and Tori Birch. And basically it's, it's showing women that if you change your financial thinking and you use some of these practical tools, you can get in control of your money and your career and really have the life you really want. And on my website, LiveItLoveItEarnIt.com, we have free downloads of fund spending plans, what you owe and what you own. We have free, free downloads of five, five ways to create your own business, to create your dream business the easy way. We have all these free little tools for you, and we also have a section where you can contact us. You can join my teleseminar starting in April. All of this is at LiveItLoveItEarnIt.com.
2: Well, thanks so much, Mariana. It's been a fascinating interview and very inspirational for a lot of people. Uh, this has been uh, Jordan Goodman of The Money Answer Show. My guest this hour has been Mariana Olszewski, whose new book, as you've heard, was called Live It, Love It, and Earn It, A Woman's Guide to Financial Freedom. Thanks so much, Mariana, for being on the show. For having me. Thank you, and we'll be back again next week with another edition of The Money Answer Show. Goodbye for now.
1: If you're one of the lucky few that never have to worry about your position or you just prefer to work for someone else, this message is not for you. If you are worried about future job markets, would like an opportunity to add full-time revenue to your bottom line for part-time work, or have ever wanted to own your own